Hello and welcome to episode 4 of EGC Podcast. This week I speak to Joel Cash, musician and educator, and also the Tasmanian boomerang, Shannon Bakes, who's a host of the Better Off Dad podcast. We had a blast recording it. Enjoy the listen. Hello, welcome to episode four of the EGC. I'm glad to have with me Mr. Joel Cash. Hi. Talented musician, teacher, happy-go-lucky guy, some would say. (laughs) And on my right-hand side, I have Shannon Bakes. Some strange guy who ended up here from Tasmania. Gay. (laughs) 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 Try anything twice. Yeah, but you're not gay. No, no. I shared a, ro- a hotel room with you last week. Yeah, but you were asleep for a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I suppose I wouldn't be your first choice. Is that right? Oh, you're the only choice. <laughs> so anyway, this Tasmanian guy ended up here, and now we're putting up with him yeah. in Bridlington in the UK. Yep, forever. Yeah. So, Joel, this was meant to be about you. It is. Uh, we got a gate crasher. That's, that's cool. I've met Sean yeah. before. He's a good guy. He's very funny for an antipodean. Yeah, you were uh, you're a musician. You've spent two years not being able to play any gigs, do anything, but you have just recently been out and done something. How glad are you? Yeah, it's good to be back at it. And when you say I'm a musician, if you use the old drummer joke. Drummers are people who just hang around with musicians. But yeah, it's good to be back at it because like two years of not being able to do anything has really like killed the industry in a lot of respects. Not just for the big stars, but you know, for the people involved in the grassroots, which is where it all starts. Nobody's been able to do anything, not rehearse anything. And it's, you know, apart from anything else, it's like a release playing music if you are like a musician. Yeah, it was recent, wasn't it? You just played... Was yeah, it Wednesday, Wednesday night we... Night before last, yeah. Yeah, we did a gig in Hull at O'Reilly's, which is not one of the better-known venues in Hull. But, uh, you know, it's decent, it's good setup, good stage, good sound system. But it's one of those venues, if you didn't know it was there, you could literally walk past it in the street and just think, oh, what's that building? Yep. Why are those lights on? <clears throat> but excuse me, but it went it went well. We Good. played really well, and uh, it was only our fifth gig, and they've asked us back. That's good. So how many people walked past going, what's that, and how many actually went in? How many did? How many people were in there watching? Well, there were two other bands in there watching. Uh, a few people we knew, we knew. They had sold some tickets. You know, it was you know it was a small crowd, but it is what it is, and when you want to get gigs, decent gigs in Hull. You know, you've got to take what you can get at the time. And obviously, we're under no illusions of stardom. We just want to do what we do, get some tunes out there and enjoy it, which is, to me, what it's about, especially now at my age. I couldn't do a tour, Bruce. It'd kill me, mate. <laughs> two, two gigs on consecutive nights and I'd be in bed for two days. Let alone the extracurricular stuff that happens after Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't afford the TVs anymore, well, can yeah. you? Well, There's only so many TVs your insurance will cover going out <laughs> well, the window. Yeah. All the STDs. 
The most rock and roll thing I think we ever did was we once stole a fireplace. Can you get an <laughs> STD? It's a true story, Shannon. We seriously did. Pull that mic over, mate. We seriously did. Yeah, we were doing yeah. a we were doing a gig in I think it was either Bolton or Manchester in one of the bands I was in when I was a, a younger man, and uh, we had to park the van like up this alleyway next to the venue because there was nowhere to park outside. It was all double yellow lines and everything, and the building next door to the venue was being refurbed, and we clocked this like Victorian fireplace like leant against the wall near a skip where they'd been obviously been putting all the building rubbish. And I think it was Jasper, Jasper Bolton, who's like a really good mate of mine who I was in a band with You're getting for, you, yeah. for many years. Good. And, and uh, Smurt Smith, the guitarist, they clocked it. And they were just like, what's that doing there? That doesn't belong to anyone. We could make <laughs> some money on that. And at the time, we had our own van. It was like Oppert- an old... Opportunist. So you did a little, yeah. Band, yeah, yeah, your little was, band gigging van. Yeah, it was like an old... It was an old uh, Scunthorpe Council minibus, mm. which, which they were told not to get. Don't get a petrol minibus, get a diesel van. Yeah. They came uh, back uh, with it. Sorry, year this was happening and year of the van. <clears throat> it was... The year would have been about 91, 1991. Oh, delicious times. Uh, I was 15. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but we, they clocked this fireplace and they, they were just like right we'll have that so not only are we loading our equipment into the back of the van we're lifting this Victorian fireplace in I didn't see any of the money out of it I think Jasper and Smurt just split yeah. it between that's, them yeah. that's real rock and roll isn't it when you're, you're grabbing Victorian fireplaces from um, you know just off the street well it's better than throwing a telly <laughs> out of a window isn't it <laughs> certainly for the hotel yeah, yeah it's cheaper yeah, and you make some money. Maybe out of make it. some exactly. money out of it. Yeah, oh. if, you, if you don't get arrested, brilliant. Mm. Oh, very good. And Mr. Banks, you you don't play any instruments? Um, you, not really. You I'm blow your own horn a little bit. Don't very you? happy to uh, talk myself up. There's no doubt about that. No, look, I um, play a bit of a guitar. I I was um, I remember as a young guy, my mum would drag me off the cricket field and say, "Shannon, you've got um, guitar lessons." I'm like, "Mum, I'm." 40-odd not out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit. Paid a lot of money for this. Your mum had a very funny voice. Yeah, she did. Um, uh, yeah, so um, I, she dragged me off to guitar lessons and learnt guitar, and I, I don't think I've improved since 13. I really got around it at 13, but then it was like, no. Nah. Did you did you practice at home as well as going for the lessons? Uh, yeah, I did. I, did. I, actually, I actually played a gig. Here you go, here you go. I lived up in Scotland back in um, 2001 or two, and I played a, um, a gig for a guy called, uh, what, what do you call it when you play before someone that's actually good? Support. played support for a guy called Ian Morrison, and uh, I played four of my own songs. They were horrendous. Oh, my God. Did anyone record that? Uh, no. Oh, but okay. someone did what say a someone, someone did say uh, I sounded like a young Billy Corgan. Uh, anyway, moving along, back to you, Joel. Like, so, Joel, I, I actually like a young Rolf Harris. Oh, uh, can you tell? Can you tell what it is yet? <laughs> uh, um, so, Joel, I do have a couple of questions. So, you're not just a musician; um, you're a teacher as well. Yeah. Um, what is worse, a bad gig or a bad day at school? Uh, I'd say a bad gig. Yeah. Because you can always get over a bad day at school. Yeah. 
I'd say they're, they're completely different bad things, though, aren't they? Because it's, it's a bit like if you said to me, if you were watching... Pornos. Watching, no, rubbish, oh, rubbish porno, filtered porno. <laughs> no, not that. If I was watching, say, my favourite football team and they're lost, I could be in a really bad mood because of that. And I'd, I'd think, oh, I'd rather they won and me have a bad day at work than, yeah. than the alternative. But having a bad day at work absolutely stinks because I hate, I don't, I hate work. I don't like my job. I love you guys. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I've actually got this down here in Bruce's stuff, so carry on as you were. That was the end. I've, uh, I actually cut someone off there. Okay. So it's fine. Keep talking, Shan. So what... No, you didn't cut what's me a, what's off. A no, bad, no, 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 no. What's a bad gig for you, your mum? Your mum's saying, <laughs> you're, you're shit. Shannon, you're shit. I don't know why we pay for these lessons. Uh, shit. No, no. That's how your mum speaks, isn't I it? I once supported somebody called Ian Morrison. He probably meant Van Morrison, but I had no idea who he yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was him. His middle name was Ian. He's Van. Van Ian Morrison. Ian Van Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. Anyway, so, okay, so how long have you been cracking along with the music scene? When when did it kick off for you? When did you have that passion? Well, my my, my father was a professional musician um, and I first started, and like I said, I don't want to give too much away because I'm writing a book, you know, I want some somebody to buy it. It'll help with my pension fund. But Good luck with that. <laughs> You'll buy him. You'll buy him. I'll buy it. And I'll pay jolly good money for it, my I will. Friend. I will. It'll be a, um, you can it'll be a, a sympathy purchase. You can, have a, <laughs> you can have a glass of my Merlot, as you were. Yeah, my dad was a professional musician. He played jazz and classical. Um, and he tried to get me started on the trumpet, which was his first instrument. And I could have been quite good at it. But what sort of swung it for me when we first moved over to East Yorkshire from... West Yorkshire, where I'm from, obviously. That's why I'm Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Uh, one of his pals came over who was a drummer. Um, they used to have, they used to like have, they'd call it, right, we'll have a play, which is pretty much like having a jam. And they'd set up in our living room, and this guy brought a drum kit through, and I must have been about six years old, and I saw this drum kit, and I was just like, wow, wow, I want That makes some that. serious yeah, noise. Yeah. I was like, I want some of that. Yeah, um, and it wasn't. It wasn't till I was about nine that I got a hi hat and a snare for Christmas, and I didn't really know what to do with it. Uh, you know, I tried, and it's like there's not a lot you can do with a snare and a hi hat as a drummer. Whether I don't know how familiar you are with what a drum kit is, but that's basically the symbol that opens and shuts, and the snare drum that makes. So it's it. like a one man band scenario, like if yeah. you're in the street. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, um, and eventually. I ended up getting a bass drum and a little tom off a friend of my dad's. And so I started, you know, banging about and playing. And I, I, I was kind of, after a fallout I had with my dad having trumpet lessons, I was like, right, he can't play the drums. Had he can't teach me that. So I was like, I'm going to stick to this. Did you throw the trumpet at your dad? Not quite. Okay. But he made me cry as a result of not being able to play a particular solo note perfect. What do you mean he made you cry? How did he make you cry? Well, he wouldn't let me go to bed till I got it right. And yeah, I was like, it's a, it's a fuck off, Dad. I'm knackered. <laughs> I want to go to bed. Well, my wife my wife made my I'd have been about, I'd been more annoyed with that than the uh, not being able to play the trumpet. My, my wife made my son cry today by telling him his ears were a bit weird. 
<laughs> Which son? He's six. I've seen them all today. I can't yeah, remember seeing where it is. Uh, they're a bit munted. He's stuck down in the cervix for a long time. I so. saw saw one of them had a very strange nose. Not the well, ears. I'm, I'm glad I've got these headphones on because people can't see how big my ears are. Yeah, well, we we have seen them. Honestly, before. I don't <laughs> think I don't think I've said a bit, seen a better looking man in my life than well ever than who? Um, you, Bruce. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Joel. I actually have another question here. Like, so t- just just for the listeners that may be interested, I actually um, wrote some notes down, and Bruce <laughs> thought that was a bit weird. Yeah, I, I, can, I do it completely unplanned. Go mental, edit it when loads of rubbish comes up. This yeah. is quite a good idea. I might start doing it. But to be fair, I missed out during the introduction yeah. that you already a part of a, a quite a successful podcast. It's not that successful. Like, we're Well, I didn't want to say an no, unsuccessful. No. You're we're, already we're, involved in an unsuccessful <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Better Off Dad, which you've been doing with your, your other, your Australian comrades. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we've been ticking away with this little... Have you have you heard of it, Joel? Well, yeah, I've seen it, but obviously yeah. I haven't listened because I don't have kids, so I'm like, well, what's he got to do with me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, a, well, at work... Well, at work, okay, okay. At, at work, I'm a dad for, like, the time I'm at work, kind of. But that's perfect, as as it exa- perfect example of why you probably should listen to it because, you know, when you've got... So what age group do you teach? Uh, 11 to 16. Oh, here we go. So we have a dad's joke every week. So we have a normal dad's joke and then like that dad's joke that's a bit edgy. So someone like you, would, when the kids are really shitting in, you're like, right, I need to get them back on board. Tell them a fruity dad's joke like, knock, knock. Who's that? No, bad example. How about we go, you'll have to edit that one out. Um, what's the difference? What's the difference? I'm not. So, so I was actually going to go with the um, the normal dad's joke. Let's go the fruity one. What's the difference between a goldfish and a mountain goat? Who's that? Oh, fuck. <laughs> what? I don't know. What is the what difference? Is the di- what, well, the difference is uh, one mucks around the fountain and the other one fucks around in the mountain. Ah. And, and that's how you get the kids back on side because they love a teacher that swears. Yes, but then yeah, you, but you can't get away with that. Yeah. This is this isn't Tasmania. This isn't Tasmania where you're allowed to oh. do whatever you want yeah, you to the kids. You I just t- say whatever you want you to the kids. T- you can't turn around and go, "Listen, you fucking screw." Definitely not in a Cockney <laughs> accent. I, I just, I just, um, I, I was just asked into my old school, so my old high school, to give a. Um, a speech on, you know, moving forward in life and all these rounds. You actually were? I, I shit you not. Did and they remember what you were like when well, you were Well, I school? pointed out, I said, oh, I'm on that board up there. I was the part of the... The student, naughty board. The student student council. And then um, during my speech, I swore profusely. But um, I actually got the message across to the kids and the teachers come up and they said, yep, you swore a fair bit, but the message, the message was okay. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. It here. wouldn't happen here, would it? No. no. Okay. Well, it wouldn't. You wouldn't get away with it. No. But obviously, you'd be suspended on full pay. <laughs> well, yeah, but obviously, we all know kids swear. Yeah. We we swore when we were kids. Yeah, yeah. kids. Well, another kids. story for you. When I when I was due to start infant school, bearing in mind my dad was a musician, liberal minded, he used to swear a lot. 
sorry, Joel. Sorry to cut in. What what sort of music was he into, and what bands was he? He was part of? he was a jazz musician. Brilliant. He, also classical. He was on tour. With, he Bates was on me. tour in Germany with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra when he died. Yeah, right. Um, no, he's a good, good, good musician. Not yeah. a, not just a good musician. Yeah, not one of who us. wasn't bad. Who, who if you would listen to him in the hallway, you'd go. Oh, it's not too bad. It's a bit irritating. He yeah. was a good, good, good musician. Yeah, a he, professional musician. Yeah, not like not so, like us lot ferreting about in the pop dirt. That's why he slapped you with a trumpet. Well, yeah, pretty much, I guess. Standards. But uh, he sat me down before I started infant school, and you know, like I said, he was very liberal minded. He used to swear in front of us, and he did the old father son bit, right. This is what you need to expect, son, when you go to school. Uh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. You can't swear. And this is like a family story, according to my mother. You know, she said, you just sat there for about two minutes, just like sort of taking it all in and pondering. Pulling the uh, Joel Cash face. <laughs> yeah, even at that age. And uh, I just turned around and said, I'm going to be a good boy when I go to school, daddy. There'll be no fuck-offs, no piss-offs, and no bloody hells. <laughs> that's a true story. Good soul, good soul stuff. Well, that's good. That, that's, that was just you being honest and and recognising and acknowledging that those words were the words that you, when, you uh, would be frowned upon. Go uh, on. As a, sorry, as a, um, a dad-related podcast, when when did your dad pass? Like, these are things that uh, we, we, we love delving into the, the dad stuff. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was 1988, Shannon. So yeah, that's that the time, bicentennial for Australia, but anyway. As yeah, it was, it was five days after my 23rd birthday, yeah. and me and my dad uh, had a bit of a difficult relationship because by the time I got to 17, I was a bit of a twat. Uh, they when I when I was seventeen, that would be about eight eighty two, and um, you know I just went a bit wild. I got arrested for criminal damage. Never been arrested since. I'd like to uh, like to stay. And um, we had a difficult relationship. And the more they sort of pushed me, the more I pushed back. Yeah. But by the time he died, you know we were just starting to develop that mature like father son relationship. And then all of a sudden it was just like bang. At least it had started. Yeah, yeah, and you know it, it was it was a difficult time. Yeah, yeah. Was sorry. Did you say it was bang gone? Yeah, massive heart attack. So completely out of the blue. I kind of think that he knew there was something wrong with him because I used to go out running with him, uh, and when he died, we were living in London. I like messed up my A levels, dropped out of college. Just like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? And they were like, right, we're moving back to London. I want to get back in the jazz scene. You've got a choice. That's you amazing. You, yeah. either, you either come with us or you get yourself a bed sitting bridge. So I was a bit like, pretty much like I am now, grumpy, chuntering. <laughs> bloody, yeah. Yeah, bloody, well, I'd best go to bloody London then, aren't I? Uh, um, and I, I went down for a year and a half and it, it wasn't really for me and I moved back up which both my parents always knew ultimately I was going to do um, so I was living up here playing in a band obviously um, and you know my dad had gone on tour with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra to Germany he'd been all over he'd been to Mexico uh, 
Sicily, various other places. And one of the other double bass players had always said to him, oh, we must go out running, Bernie. And they finally did it. And he just had a massive heart attack and died. Out on the jail. first run that this double bass player had said, yeah, yeah. Been, been asking him and no. asking him and eventually went, yeah, yeah all right, yeah. Then, and that was it. Yeah, but Jeez. I think, yeah, like I said, Bruce, I think he knew there was something wrong with him because I used to go running with him when, when I was living in London and play squash with him. And we'd go out running and be holding his side saying, oh, I've got a stitch. Mm. And he'd play squash and he'd come back looking grey. And then we'd be sat watching telly and he'd be sat holding his... Feeling his pulse. So he knew there was something knew, cracking yeah. along. Yeah, he but knew there was something wrong. Never break. trust a friggin' bass player, that's well, all I can say. Well, yeah, and he was one of those guys that yeah. if they'd have said to him, right, you need to have a heart bypass operation or whatever, he wouldn't have done it because he, yeah. you know, he wasn't into that. He yeah. was stubborn. This seems like the, it's an afterthought, though, this, this whereby you are saying, oh, I think he knew he was ill and he was doing this. Did you recognise that beforehand, or no? Because you kind of don't. So, re- so you yeah. start when you started looking in retrospect. You were yeah, going, you don't oh, realise. Yeah, you don't realise it. At the so, time. is it a total and utter shock then? At the time it happened, when he died. Well, yeah, it was yeah. because we were expecting it. We knew, it was like hindsight. Yeah, oh shit. Yeah, that wasn't right. But at the time, you were just like, how the fuck's that happened? Yeah, mm. that's pretty horrific. Because you were only twenty three. I mean, I know there are people who lose. Parents a lot younger. There's awful scenarios, but even at 23, you're still just a very young man, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, and you know, I was always very immature. A lot of people would probably say you still are. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that your students? Well, no. If you get to 50 and you haven't grown up, then the law is you don't have to, do you? Well, I'm 40, so I'm. I've either got a lot of work to do to grow up in the next 10 years, or no, no, don't bother Shannon. Yeah, being an adult, worth being an adult's crap. I'm don't, here, right don't, don't go there. 46. Yeah. Look at me. Look at this for a midlife crisis. Yeah, Look at all that pop. equipment I can't use over there. Jeez, that's expensive. Yeah, I've got drum kits like that, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, now, Joel, can I just touch base on the first couple of times we met? Um, we, I think we went to Seabirds. or so It's a local Bridlington um, establishment, pretty well known. And we played a game called um, Low Scoring Darts. Yeah. Um, you scored about 170 in low scoring darts or thereabouts. I, I don't know what the number was. How, how, how does that happen? Just just hang on a second, because I think I heard about this at the time. Was this in the free press? I don't think it made it that Well, it didn't make the free <laughs> press, but I'll tell you what. Like we, we basically, it was a legendary night. It the, was a legendary in night. In the sport of low scoring darts. So, so I've moved to the town. Um, the, the Kirkham boys, I'm... I think a few people that may that listen. Sounds like a song by Sham Sixty Nine. Kirkham boys. It's a freaking sham. Boys. It's a sham. There's no doubt about it. But come um, and stay with the Kirkham boys. <laughs> went, went. I went to a funeral and met these Kirkham boys, and they said, "Oh, why don't you come to York?" And went to York with them, and I'm like, "These guys are right." Anyway, they introduced me to your good self and Bruce, and took me to an, a low-scoring darts night where the idea was to score the lowest score on the dartboard and. <clears throat> you know, you know, average score is probably 20, 25, you know, if you're pissing around the bottom of the board. You managed to get like 170 in one go. And I remember taking a photo with you <clears throat> holding your darts right next to the board. How, how do you do that? Was that planned? 
Well, not at all. I had no idea we were going to do it. Uh, and that, that was the day I think we all went out on the Yorkshire Bell and we had a. That was it. Yeah, we went out on the Yorkshire Bell because I've still got some photos of that. And we had a really good day out. And then we did, I think we did all the amusement things as oh, well. Like, yes. the, you know, the horse racing thing where, oh, you, yes. where you chuck the balls in and try, you've got to get it in the hole to get the horse to move. And then we ended up doing low scoring darts, which I think was Bullet's idea. And I'm yeah. shit at darts anyway, so for me, well, being, clearly being the winner at low scoring, it was yeah, just, all you had to do was aim for the high numbers. Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Like it's like we were chatting it about it in the car on the way down. Yeah, I, I was actually aiming for treble top, <laughs> and I'm hitting twos and threes. Well, that's yeah. your first mistake because uh, there's no treble top. But well. <laughs> Well, you know clip, what, sorry, I know what you yeah, mean. You're, you're being a pedantic now, aren't a you? Pedant, I am being a pedant. Dead set. I remember fascist. that day. <laughs> he's so fascist. fascist. Dead set, Joel. I remember that day. Now, when you <laughs> when you recall the Yorkshire Belt like yesterday, it was um, as an Australian coming to the UK. A, you don't have um, boats made in the early 1900s just to jump on and go out to sea for about 15 No, you only have about. them for taking prisoners over well, to your side of the world. And and boat people and so forth, correct. Some of them get to come back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we don't have... Um, yeah, we, we don't have amusements. We don't have the penny pushes or penny pushes. We don't have arcades. We don't have arcades. So those things where you throw the pennies in. Is this Australia or Tasmania? No, no, the whole... Well... As I said, I think I said to you, we've all got the same accent over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember so you telling me that. So Bruce and I shared a room. I think we started the podcast with that. We shared a room together this weekend. We this, did. this is why they're good at cricket. Because, because there's nothing else They don't all do. share rooms Absolutely. with me. Bugger all to do. Bugger all to do. And we're either good at golf, cricket or AFL football. Do you know what AFL football is? Australian rules. Yeah, it's football. mental. It's on a league. Bar- it's, like, it's like similar to... To UFC. Football. Yeah, you have to wear really small shorts <laughs> and tight vests with no sleeves. Yeah. yeah. That's right, isn't it? Precisely. Yeah. I'd love to see you in that Ca- channel. Catch a ball and then kick anybody or punch them or whatever you want, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it comes across. What? That's it. So for me to come to Brid and experience a normal day out with you guys, which was not <laughs> kicking people in the face and not bowling cricket balls, but being out on a, a 1900s boat... It's a real treat. And then to watch you put on a clinic with the darts. One, <laughs> of, one of the great days. One of the great days. Last weekend, you experienced something new, didn't you? <laughs> I, sorry. I experienced lots of things. Last last weekend, we went to Donny... Did you know, do you know we went to Donny Races? It yeah, was, I never get invited was, to these things anymore. Hey, the father-in-law... Don't you worry, Joel. The father-in-law, my father-in-law said the same thing to me. And he's actually related. Yeah, to he did exactly. Rela- he did exactly related. the same you thing you would have done if you had been invited. He's he's related. You haven't invited me. Do you want to come? Nah. I've se- yeah, I've seen who's going. Fuck that shit. Exactly, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. So my father-in-law said, "Oh, you never invited me." I said, "Oh, I thought I did." He goes, "No, you didn't." So I invited him. Actually, got him a room, and he said, "No, sorry, I can't go." Anyway, moving along. Yeah, so you had a new experience last week with uh, a gentleman called Rob Wirrell. Yes. Yeah, and he he said something about the donk. 
Yeah. You you tell the story because I, I I you told me afterwards. Yeah. Well, Rob, Rob, you guys you know what the donk is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because I, I couldn't quite understand his um rich vernacular. Yeah, vernacular. Oh, that's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, good work. Thanks, Rob, Teach. I'm, I'm impressed, Bruce. Thanks, Teach. I was going to say rich Yorkshire slang, but anyway, <laughs> donk. <laughs> it's not that bad. He's oh, going yeah. to hear this. Oh, is he? He'll, he'll listen to it. Okay. I think he'll listen to it. G'day, Rob. Uh, Shannon here, mate, the really gay guy that had no socks on. Um, and he, I said, uh, what, what, what's a donk? This is a donk. And he shaped a punch me in the face and I fully shit myself. I actually um, greased, greased my pants. Uh, I thought he actually hit you when you told me. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I, I, hit, I hit the back end of my underpants. Right, so you know he made that bit up about the donk. I thought... He must have said something that sounded like donk. Yeah, well, the donk. Went, well, mate, mate, what's a donk? This is a bloody donk. That's how it was. That's right. how it was. Okay. But because that's off. That's off like one of those movies, those Aussie movies that I haven't actually watched because they don't play them in Australia. They only play them here. Like Home and Away and Neighbours. Yep. So, <laughs> apparently. That was all filmed in England. What? Home and Away and Neighbours with English actors. It doesn't surprise me. That's why I whenever Ky- you ask anyone from Australia if they've seen it, they say, nope. I met Kylie Minogue. She's a scouser. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no idea. <laughs> well, that killed that one, didn't it? It's, it's all recording, yeah, keep going. Fantastic. If you want to talk about why you're over here... Let's go. Why are you over here? Okay, so... I'm Bridlington CC. Why oh, exactly uh, do you have to be here? Opening well, bat for Bridlington CC. I have actually got... Um, I'm an intelligence worker for the Australian um, Navy. We... <laughs> yep. So, currently we've got a few um, high-level targets that we're working at. Um, no one knows who I am here. Like, no one's actually going to listen to this podcast, so I can pretty much talk. Yeah, that's true. To be fair, <laughs> most most of the people I'm targeting are up around the Aberdeen area, who will who work in amongst that that submarine base <clears throat> that, that's up there. And um, yeah, a few of them are stepping outside the bounds, and that, that's my whole role here. I'm here for two years to try and infiltrate that. Um, that base and, and and work out exactly what's happening because it's um it's related to some US stuff so anyway <laughs> I, I, sorry I'm tapping I'm tapping the table anyway so if everyone if everyone wonders why I'm walking around not working I'm working working yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah well better cover than to act like a S- submarine no base. Got, he, no you're not he's not even from Australia no submarine no. base he's Russian Aberdeen. you should hear him he's actually called Igor. Well, Bruce, Bruce, we e- share a room tonight. Uh, e- I make love to you. Love you. I love you, Bruce. I heard that last week. He thought I was asleep. Actually, he's a Russian spy. Yeah. While I was laying really he's, hard up behind you. He's got a look of putin about him, hasn't he? He's definitely putrid. <laughs> 
Sorry, I don't know why no, I no, feel no. the need, no. need to insult you. I don't think no, that, no, I don't no. think that about you at no, all. No, no, I love the fact you've actually managed to slam three quarters of a bottle into forty-five minutes. Hence, yeah, I'm going to slow down. No, no, you can just absolutely fire away now. Rightio, now Joel, I think it's our turn to start firing some stuff at Bruce. Go for it. Thoughts? Who even are you? Well, I'm Charles Bruce Harding the first. I was born in Bridlington to parents who, neither of which came from this town. My mother was born and raised in Warrington. Father raised and born Cambridge, later St Albans. His parents were both professors at Cambridge. My grandmother on my father's side was the first female professor of mathematics at Cambridge. Your grandmother or father, sorry? My grandmother. My okay. grandfather was also a professor at mathematics. Is this Cambridge. legit? No, this bit's legit. Yeah. And my dad went to the oldest public school for boys in the UK, which is in St Albans. He was at school with what Stephen Hawking. He was at school with Stephen Hawking. And my dad says that Stephen Hawking's always copied his homework. I'm and not, you, I'm which, not 100% which sure of us, I believe that part. You are expecting me to buy that. So, no, so no, no, I, no, no. I it's all true yeah. apart from the bit where my dad joked about Stephen Hawking yeah. copied his homework. Yeah. That, yeah. The rest you of it's true. At that point. Well, but Stephen Hawking was at the same school. He was at the same school as him, but you they were in different years, but they were there at the same time, yeah. And another guy who was the, the band agent on Spinal Tap. Oh, shit, you're going to set me off now. That's one of those three o'clock in the morning things, isn't it? Ah, uh, what's his name? Oh, I'll tell you forever. He he was a prefect at my dad's school. The guy who was the a the man, band manager was I, it on I on Spinal remember, Tap. I can't remember the actor's name, but obviously I know the film Inside Out because that is what being in a band is like. Turn it to eleven. Yeah, yeah. this one goes to eleven. Brilliant, Shannon. You look like you are gesticulating a lot. Do you want to say something? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying your content. Oh, but, right, okay, but, yeah, so, so, my, so yeah, that's my dad. Okay. And uh, his his mother, his mother's first cousin's a guy called Frank Gillard, who was quite a famous World War II war correspondent. And he also went on to run BBC Sound and Vision. Okay, so you're sitting here with uh, Joel and I. Let's be honest, Joel, we've, we've had pretty average lives. Same here. Yeah. Um, and you you bang on about how successful your family are. Are you like an embarrassment to your family at times? Well, I, th- I think I probably would be to my grandparents. Yeah, I mean my 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 dad was <laughs> he he kind of moved away from that, and they didn't like it. He, moved away from he, you. He was uh, no no no. no. Well, he did actually. <laughs> he left me when I was nine. He split up with my mum and went because I was such a loser. Uh, and my mother. Grew up in Warrington in a more a much more working class background. And uh, on my mother's side, Chris Evans is my second cousin. What's yes, your name? Yes, uh, yes, yes. The Chris Evans. Yes. I've heard yeah. this. I've actually heard this. The Chris Evans. Well, it depends whether you mean Captain America the or TFI. Don't, don't, don't irritating. call him a bad name after that. Irritating. Oh, don't say irritating. He's my cousin. That's. So, Joel, um, Edge of 13, that's your new band? That's what you're into? Yeah. Uh, what, that's what, what, what's the plan? What's the plan for you guys? You just want a gig. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's, you know, music's what we do. It's what I've done all my life. And apart from anything else, it's, you know, it's therapeutic. Yeah. 
And Chris McLeod, the guy who is the singer-songwriter, has written some decent songs and some, you know, are quite a few. Don't say decent, say good songs. All right, sorry, Bruce. <laughs> All right, the fucking earth-shattering, world-beating uh, best songs you've yeah, not Yeah, he's, he's written some relatively adequate songs and we've done them. No, so. no they are good songs. All right, and, good songs, there we go. You know, somebody asked me how would how would you describe your music and I'd, I actually said to the lads in the back... Adequate. And... and Swear down. I can get away with slapping you. I can't slap people away. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen a podcast I was slapped in the face (laughs) by a guest. But, uh, yeah. You know, I said to the lads, I said, it's like postmodern punk with an indie edge. And it kind of is because they're uh, obviously with me being old. You know, that I, is irrelevant. Yeah, my roots, my roots in music sort of started. What turned my head was like punk and new wave, the Sex Pistols, yeah. bands like the Clash, yeah, uh, the Buzzcocks, uh, the members. So that real high energy sort of. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. and with something to say, um, and then I moved into listening to bands like the Smiths and Echo and the Bunnymen. Um, Chris's uh, Chris's songwriting is is kind of quite uh, quite like that. You know, his songs are, are raw and edgy, and the lyrical content there's when you actually listen to it, and it's difficult for a drummer because you're usually listening to the actual music rather than listening to the lyrics. But since we've started recording what you're actually hearing, what he's talking about, are subjects that are, like, really important and really quite yeah. quite, quite, kind of edgy and topical. So so you, you've done this for a long time? You've, you've been a gigger for a long time? Uh, 40 years. Yeah, that's cool. No, no it's not. Talk, no, 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 no. <laughs> But but think about think about the the awesome times you would have had over all for, for me like I'm pretty straight laced you know I've, I've had jobs I've um, played sport you're as straight as they come <laughs> keep going uh, yeah I'm I'm straightish but like to actually have been through that that musician artist just gigger's sort of lifestyle it must have been pretty cool at times. Well, yeah, we had some good experiences, and like I say, Shannon, obviously, I'm writing a book, so I don't want to sit here. Ne- and read that the was my next. Out. Sorry, sorry, that was actually my next question, but we'll we'll talk about that. But <coughs> just, just yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I've, there are things I've done and bands that I've played with that you know you couldn't make up, and there are times I've had that you know I wouldn't change for the world. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I'd have preferred to be better off financially and not living in the shitty else that I do now but that was my choice at the end of the day you know it was my dream and I chased it I'm yeah, sure it's yeah. not that shit is it? <laughs> well, it's not fucking big enough okay. I was born a poor Look. child porn child poor child you fuck <laughs> what the ah, hell happens in that, Tasmania that would explain a lot <laughs> porn child <laughs> yeah, he, still, he still knew who his dad was oh shit, shit. I was planned apparently Really? Yeah. I tell you what. What a disappointment! <laughs> Sorry. 
Well, they didn't know. Imagine what was, they didn't know what I was going to say. That's the word. You go. You you put I'm, your hand I'm, up. Go. I'm ADHD and I have irritable bowel syndrome, so I'm sort of it could could be either way. Um, You've got ADHD. Oh, I reckon I'm undiagnosed, to be honest. Oh Christ! I think I am. Uh, oh, for God's no, sake! No, I reckon you're a little more level than you think. No, not ADHD. No, oh, um, irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah, IBS. <laughs> IBS. <laughs> Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go, another incomer, right, yeah, I'm going to claim benefits because I've got this, that, <laughs> the IBS, yeah. I've got, yeah, <laughs> serious IBS. Oh. Oh. Okay, anyway. I'm not used to this, I'm not used to this English food, Just give me a kangaroo burger. <laughs> Fill that form Tell in you what, I had. I had the most un-English food last Saturday night, <laughs> I went, we went to the races and I had a... Um, Spicy veg- vegetable pizza. I don't know. I just it's what I went for and left half of it on the hotel bedroom floor. God, I tell you what, I left the other half in the bloody toilet bowl, and it was that was the next morning. I held God, it. it was untidy. Anyway, it sounded untidy. <coughs> it doesn't stop whacking my table. It doesn't sound like you lot got really smashed when you went to the races last uh, week. No, no, we did. We did. Um, to be fair, we started he does, quite he does, late. He doesn't get irony clearly, does he? Uh, yeah, I do, but I like to also offset it with my own irony, so you didn't get my irony. You didn't get that he got your irony and you fell irony. into his trap. Like, so how much money did you lose at the race? I didn't have a punt. On didn't you have one bet? Not one bet. I had, What's I'll, the point? I had two bets and I lost £40 in top. Precisely. Chris, Chris Kirkham. Mm-hmm. He won fifteen hundred pounds. He did, and he didn't spend stake that much on on the winning races. So I don't know what happened beforehand, but on the last two, he got winners in the last two races, and yeah, he only staked like ten or twenty quid on. Yeah, the second I once uh, I once won nine nearly just short nine hundred quid on the lucky fifteen, and not that I've been big into gambling. Um, my granddad who was Jewish, lived in the East End in London, uh, ran away from home at 10 to be a jockey, ended up being a chef. No, seriously, Shannon, true story, mate. No, brilliant. Story. No, no, oh, come on, as if I'm not going <laughs> to... The problem was he was six foot three, <laughs> 115 kilos. He was massive. He was the biggest jockey. In I the really want to be a jockey. West. In the West I don't of know why I end up putting so. an Aust- trying to put an Australian accent whenever I end up with him too much. It's your fault. Carry on. No, Sorry, no, you no, ran away yeah, to yeah, be a jockey. Yeah. yeah, my granddad ran away from home at 10 to be a, a, a jockey. His family were Jews who escaped. His father was Jewish who escaped mm. from the per- persecution of Jews in Eastern Europe yeah. at the end of the 19th century, and they settled Jesus. in London. Yeah. Uh, some of the family settled in Holland, obviously, died in the Holocaust. Uh, my granddad's father, Mick, uh, his father, Morris, it's believed they landed in Hull. They ended up in East London. Um, when Mick was a kid, uh, he ran away to be a jockey at 10. Yeah, it is funny, but it was the height to be a jockey, Bruce, but he ended up being a chef. And he was a bloody good one. Um, so, so essentially, he was a sausage jockey. Well, well, you could you could kind of argue that, but he 
He ended up he ended up being a chef. Sorry. Okay, Bruce. Yes. Where do you see this podcast going? Are you happy with current state of affairs? You're four podcasts in. What do you see as your role as a broadcaster in the Bridlington region? So we've had Joel on, a local musician, artist, teacher. Where do you want this to go? I would really like for local people to be able to come on every week. Yep. And for me to have a separate show whereby I get good guests. <laughs> well, thank you very much, boobs. I'm glad I gave uh, did, my did, You forced me into that. He forced I me into that. I did not. He forced me into it. All right, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, br- Joel, I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this. It's been an absolute privilege to have Joel Cash. Thank you very much for having me. And Shannon Bakes. On the EGC podcast. Shannon the man. You are. Good night. Honestly, thoroughly enjoyed the show. One's one's a phony buck. The other's a bony. Uh, Anyway, so so just a quick... So, Joel...